Greetings, EMDR colleague and friend, Cambria Evans here, the teaching and learning EMDR consultant here in my office in San Jose, California. And y'all, I made you a promise, I made you a promise last month that I was going to let you in on some of these amazing conversations that I have been able to have with our colleagues in our, in our community um, from all over the country, all over the world, actually, <laughs> different countries. Um, but today is another Spotlight podcast about EMDR intensives. And I am making these Spotlight podcasts because uh, I want to highlight some of the um, really incredible, innovative uh, leaders um, and kind of just like creative business owners in our community so that you can feel inspired, that you can dream about what's possible in your practice and what's possible clinically for you and your clients. And today I'm really excited because we um, are going to be talking to a really incredible woman, Bonnie Barclay. She is in Knoxville, Tennessee. And um, y'all, if you are a parent, if you're a wife, mother, um, if you are a business owner, if you are somebody who is on insurance and thinking about coming off of insurance, if you're someone who has a traditional weekly EMDR model for your practice and you're thinking about moving towards doing EMDR intensives, this episode is for you. This interview is for you. And what was so cool about talking with Bonnie is that um, she is not just a really brave, inspirational uh, businesswoman, but she is also just a really amazing clinician. Like, do you ever meet somebody and talk with them and you kind of think, God, I wish that person was my therapist. <laughs> if I lived in Tennessee, Bonnie would be my therapist. She just has a really relational, um, easy, attachable personality that she's done a really fantastic job of implementing in these really small creative ways all through her business, um, all through the design and customer experience of her EMDR intensive. So I hope that you will enjoy watching this discussion I have with Bonnie and I hope it inspires you to dream big. Y'all, I'm so excited to get to talk to Bonnie Barclay today. She is in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I've been getting to know Bonnie through email. And Bonnie, I have to say, just as a woman, as a mother, I am really inspired by not just your story, but like what you're doing to support women. So thank you so much for hanging out with me today to talk about it. Oh, I love it. I'm glad to be here. And mutual there from the inspiration standpoint. So you really allowed me to take a new a new jump in my career, which allows me to help other women too. And I just love that idea of elevation, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So my hope for our talk today is that if anyone is listening who is a woman who wants, you know, EMDR services in Tennessee, they'll know how to find you and connect with you for support. Um, and if there's any EMDR clinicians who are listening, uh, who are women, who are mothers, who are thinking about how to expand their practices, who are thinking about, should I go off of insurance? Like all of these things, um, I hope that people will find inspiration in our talk today. So that, that's my hope. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, so do you want to tell folks kind of uh, what you're up to in Knoxville in terms of work? So, you know, I've been doing the traditional model of therapy my whole career, and we won't talk about how long that is. So, you know, just seeing clients back to back, doing insurance and really kind of caught in that model. And, you know, from a traditional standpoint, I've been really successful. I've always had a waiting list. I've never hurt for clients and that's been fantastic. Um, private practice has allowed me to set the schedule I want to be a mom. And there are beautiful things about that. And it's always really worked for me. Um, but I've kind of hit a different place in the season of my life as my kids, you know, got more independent. They started driving and I started like at three o'clock going, 
what's happening, right? Like, (laughs) you know, like I'm not needed right now. They're driving themselves to their activities. And that was kind of a first shift for me of, you know, moving. I'm still a mother, but I was moving back into being a woman again in a different way and starting to think about things that maybe I wanted to do differently. And so both of my kids are now in college. They are swimming in college. They're up north. Um, You can tell I'm from Tennessee because I don't sound like a northerner. And they are living their best lives. And so as part of my sort of midlife crisis, I started working with a coach and really wanted to up-level my business and had time for that to focus on me again, my professional self, and really breaking out in new ways. So it's been really exciting. And as part of that process, I ran across your course and that took me in a whole new direction as well. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the start. I mean, there's so much to tell, right? There's so much to talk about. I, I love that as moms, we have these moments and my kids are only five. So I know there's a lot that's going to happen that I don't know about yet, but I love as moms, we have these moments where we kind of have this, like, we're kind of like dropped to our knees of like, okay, I did this. And now what else can I do? Because that's not working anymore. Right. Whether our kids are, are leaving the nest or are super little. I've talked with so many moms who are EMDR clinicians, who are private practice owners, who are resonating with what you're saying, right. About I I'm full and full feels bad. Right. Or I want to do something different or I'm getting bored. Right. Kind of what is this um, quarter life or midlife expansion that I can step into? Um, So so what was it for you that got you curious about the expansion? Was it just kind of thinking like, what else could I do or what's next or it is? I think, you know, you get to a level where you're full and then you get tired and you'd like to do more, make more. And with my kids going to school, you know, I, I want to give them the opportunities to go to school, not worry about money, not worry about money during school, not worry about money after school and that gift to my children. And when you step back and you see, okay, I only have so many hours in a day, whether you're the mother of a young young children or, or older children, you still only have so many hours in a day to give to all these people around, you know, and we're helpers, we're helpers at heart. So we do want to do that. And oftentimes we're last on the list and COVID between my kids going to college and then COVID hitting, that was eye opening. And there was so much need And part of being full is I often had to say no a lot, right? And there were so many people hurting and I had to say no. And people stop calling because you say no all the time. And I really wanted to be more creative so I could open up my schedule in different ways, be creative about how I could say yes, be more efficient and effective at the same time. And so saying goodbye to insurance was like, hello to Bonnie, how do you want to treat your clients? How do you want to show up for them and have the autonomy to do that in the way that you clinically think about and also collaboratively, right? Collaboratively with our clients to say, what works for you? Not, I have three o'clock on Thursday afternoon, make it work. Mm-hmm. And let me fit you into this box because insurance will only reimburse 50 minutes or maybe 60 with an add-on code or let's cross our fingers, right? And I want you to lean in to the hard work and then pick yourself up, powder your face and go back to work and act like you're okay just contain all that we just did. I mean, I, I'm good at resourcing. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. However, that's hard. They're watching the clock. Whether we want to really sit in that truth or not, 
they're, they know. And, you know, I do IFS parts work as part of my EMDR work. And that manager is doing this the entire time, right? Both client and clinician, right? 100%. Like I'm just starting to lean into this beautiful place and then I've got to wrap them up. And, and you talked about that in your course, which, you know, just resonated when you were talking about being able to really have the space to do that. And that really spoke to me um, a lot as a clinician. And I was just, you know, you're, I'm doing the course and through my head is this client and this client and this client and this client, right? Yes. That just, wow, what would happen if they had the opportunity to do it differently? It's like, beautiful question for both the clinician and the client, right? Just the, just the fact that we can give ourselves permission to ask that question and that our clients, I mean, that it's such a powerful place to be. And I think that, you know, you're, you're referring to like a midlife crisis or expansion. I think that once we understand that we can ask that question all the time, it's something really magical happens. I think clinically, um, financially, just emotionally. Um, and I would, I would love to hear more from you just about, you know, as you were going off of insurance and as you were changing your practice model, right. To do more intensive work, I would love to just hear about that transition for you, because what I hear the most in consultation from people and what I get the most emails about after people do the intensive kit is this fear this like, like freeze response fear of, I'm, I want to go off of insurance. I want to do intensives. I'm terrified. Right. So as someone who's done that, what advice would you have for those people? Well, 100%, right. Distress tolerance skills. It, you know, it, it is scary yeah. because that's what we know. Right. But as trauma therapists, we also know that our brain is going to scan for danger, right? Yep. And that our brain would prefer us to stay in certainty, in safety. It feels better. And we can look at our clients with that, right? Look at status quo, look at safety, and look, the weather is nice there. <laughs> and my husband fast forward goes, why didn't you do this years ago? Right. Yes. And I was too afraid. I had people pushing me to do it. Right. The beautiful thing about those moments when you go off insurance is to have that niche, right. To have that special offering that allows you to be unique and EMDR does that, right? Yes. Then you add EMDR intensives to that. And depending where you are, and here in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is new. Yes. Now we have one, maybe one other person and she worked residential and kind of has that clientele already built. So she's not taking or advertising um, intensives. And so it is scary. I have, there were two things I did. I went off insurance and I increased my rate. Yes. Okay. Brave moves. Right. And there's, you know, we get into that place of fear. And then another part of that is this voice of self-doubt, right? That says, Bonnie, aren't you getting big for your britches? Yes. And we're going to get the cultural pushback of this model of mental health and the model of being a helper and what that looks like. And I had to come to terms with, you can have fear, but your brain doesn't always give you the best advice. Yes. We know that as trauma therapists. A part of us knows that. <laughs> part right. of us isn't convinced yet. <laughs> 100%. And so what do we do? We notice it. Yeah. 
And then in our higher self, we get curious about it. And then we step in to the story we want, you know, and I, I, I'm big on that is that we all have a past, right? We have this channel of perception that is born out of our story. Yes. But we get to finish that story, right? And I sat in, what do I want the rest of my story to look like? Mm -hmm. Right. And I made beautiful sacrifices as a mother and I wouldn't trade one of them. But some of that was quieting my professional self and just going with the flow in that area and doing well. Yes. But now that I have the freedom to step into the next level of who I am as a woman, I'm like, wow, I still have a lot of living left to do and a lot of giving and helping left. And what do I want that to look like? And part of that is twofold, helping clients, but as a professional woman in the mental health field, we have a lot of education and we are not honored and respected for our worth and value. And part of me breaking out of that is saying, not look at me, aren't I too big for my britches? Mm -hmm. But really saying, we have worth and value. Yes. Yes. And we've got to step into that before we ask other people to recognize it. Amen to that, Bonnie, like 110%. You, you just, if no one takes anything from this video, but that I will be happy because I think that we get messages as female business owners and helping professions about this question, like this response of who do you think you are, right? Is a, is kind of a common belief. I think that comes up for female therapists, business owners. Um, and I, and I still like, I I'll share this, you know, when my, when I raise my rate every time I have this moment of like, no, one's going to call, no, one's going to come. Who do you think you are every single time? And my husband's like, has that ever happened ever <laughs> in the history of you having rate increases? Right. But it's, but it's this, it's this fear and it's this fear of doing something different, um, in terms of pricing and doing something different in terms of service. Right. I mean, having an EMDR intensive service offering is very different. And yet I believe that there are certain clients that do really well with this type of service. And in fact, do better than the weekly model. And I would, I would love to hear your thoughts about that kind of what you've seen in your own practice. Absolutely. They do because some people, and I, I love strong women. I'm sure you can get that those women probably work well with me as well, that really are ready to dig in. But those real high achieving women, these executive professional women they have a hard time building in weekly therapy yep. to their work model. And, you know, we could look at that. Well, they don't know how to do self-care or they don't know how to prioritize time for themselves, or maybe actually they're just business women mm -hmm. who really have a hard time scheduling that time because they run businesses, right? <laughs> which is a lot of work. <laughs> But if you ask them, how about this intensive model? They do say, so you mean I could get several sessions done in one day? Mm -hmm. I, I will take time off for that. It's hard to take time off for an hour or get away or they're running late or they're just, they can't mentally pause Right. in the middle of their day fully mm -hmm. to lean into the work, right? Yep. So what I see is really excited people who have an alternative. Mm -hmm. They have a choice. Mm -hmm. And I've never given them that choice because I've always been like, well, insurance won't cover that. And because I'm contracted, I can't have your insurance pay for this and add on this. 
And being free of insurance, I can now say, let's do an intake. And I've even gone from 90 minute to two hour intakes because I just love them so much. And at first I was like, what am I going to do for that long? Like, and now I'm like, is that even long enough? You know, it's, it's, it's so fun, but what I have space to do is really connect with my client in a, in a longer intake. So let's just start there. Mm -hmm. They show up and I'm not just completing documentation for, to get a diagnosis and billing. I mean, I'm getting and doing a good history, mm-hmm. but yeah. I have the space and time to also allow myself to, to really listen. Yes. Really be in that space with them. Can we talk about that for a moment? Because I think that there is, um, so, there are some people out there that think or, or have concerns that an intensive model does not allow clients to attach long enough to therapists and that people that have attachment trauma and need attachment focused EMDR wouldn't necessarily do well in an intensive model. And what you just said, I think really speaks to my point, which is that you know, we know this as mothers and therapists, it's not the amount of time, like how many years you're working with someone that defines the attachment, right? It's not the quantity. I really believe it's the quality, right? And so having that space, an intensive model, when we don't have our managers checking the time, I think allows us to really drop in in a different way and create that secure attachment even faster than we would in the old model because there is so much space to be together. Yeah. So, you know, the basic attachment questions for me, and I talk about this, whether I'm working with individuals or I'm working with couples or whatever I'm doing, Mm -hmm. it's our heart of our attachment is, are you going to be there for me? Yes. And can I count on you? Mm -hmm. Right. And so from the moment they walk in the door, I think we answer that question. Number one, we're paid our value and you show up differently. You you just do, right? When you, there's a mutual expectation when you are being honored with the value of your offering Mm -hmm. and these people are pouring in and showing up for their service in that kind of way too. You want to show up your best self. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And so it's a beautiful moment there with that in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So the spirit of what you're showing up in is, is different on both parts. There's investment yeah. and you're not completing a form. I mean, when I, when I have my setup before the intensive, before I do that intake, I have my people have all that paperwork done before they come in. Mm-hmm. And I am sitting and spending time in that paperwork with my AIP model lens on, right? (laughs) And I am reading their story before they come in. And so when I show up, I'm already in this place Mm -hmm. of, I see you. Yes. Right. And, and. Like you said, it's not the length of time. It's how do you show up with me? Are you present? And do you take care of me? So then we move into that intensive day. And I'm telling you, I, I, I get so excited. Like it's an experience. I want it to be an experience. So part of my way that I do my actual intensive day I ask them before they come in at the end of my intake, I like this day to feel good to you. I like for you to have what you need. Mm. So part of that is what, what do you like to drink? Yes. What do you like to have available to you that makes you feel good? Whether it's coffee, whether it's hot chocolate with marshmallows, like I, all the things. Mm -hmm. And I had a client, she wanted Twizzlers. Mm. 
And I really felt like that this was this child part of her that like, this was a nurturing thing for her, right? And I go to the Kroger, that's our grocery store here in Tennessee. And I'm standing in the aisle and this, I, I speak to this because this shows the attachment, right? Yes. So I'm looking at the Twizzlers and there, she said, red Twizzlers. Well, there's strawberry and there is cherry. <laughs> right? There's strawberry and there is cherry. Oh boy. And my husband's with me and he doesn't get it, but I'm staring at these two packages. Yep. And I want that woman to come in and have exactly what she needs and what she asked for. So oh. what do I do? I buy them both, right? That's right. I mean, we've got enough Twizzlers to cause a diabetic coma right there. <laughs> my God, you know, they're going to be there. So, but there's food and there's a display. It's a whole, whole charcuterie board. Like I want it to be beautiful. Yeah. I have fresh flowers. I want them to walk in to this beautiful space that says you are special and we are in this together. I love this so much for so many reasons. What I love about it clinically is that it's so relational, right? From before you're even together. And then I love that you are already thinking of the positive cognitions that you're going to be moving towards in the work together. You're already having the client experience those positive cognitions in your relationship, right? It's okay to have needs. I matter, right? I am worthy. All of these things you're describing, I'm getting, I'm getting chills as you're talking about this. And that's, so what they beautiful. that's what they see, right? No, really, we know this. Most of our clients, if not all of them, do not have people show up in that way for them. That's right. So there's a gift bag. And in that gift bag is a heated net rack that I can use throughout the day to warm that up when I need it. Yep. It's they can have scented or unscented. I ask them these questions. Most of them like the lavender. Mm. So there's times, do you, do you need a break? Yes. It, all of these things, you have time to work with all, all the different parts show up in that period of time. As they should speak to them. Yep. You have time to show up in a different way than you can in an hour session, sure, I can give them a net wrap, but I'm not going to have, you know, food displayed and be able to meet the needs in a different kind of way. They have a journal to reflect on during our time together, to take that with them, things that they've done. They have artwork that we can do, their drawings, they, they get to take that with them. And, the, you know, from an old school object relations standpoint, <laughs> We give them those transitional objects, those memories of this special time. And that's what I want. It really, it's hard, brave work. Yes, it is. It is a milestone in their lives, right? I mean, it really is um, because, you know, you and I both know from doing intensive work with people that something magical, spiritual, scientific, biological, relational, all of that happens in an intensive that I just don't see in the same way with a single 50 minute session. And it's even, even if we don't finish a target, that's not important, right? Completing the target is not the, the promise or the expectation. I never put that pressure on myself. And I know that you don't either, but just to have this relational reparative experience where we've resourced, we've desensitized a little bit. I mean, that for most people is a life-changing experience just in a half day or a full day. What you get with that desensitization, that relief is hope. Yes. For many of these clients, you know, they have that moment or a week or two later, other things have hit and you're constantly kind of fighting against the waves of life. Mm. And when you have that concentrated amount of time, I feel like you really can get in there. Mm -hmm. and bring that suds down to a more manageable level. Yep. And so um, 
I mean, let's be honest. I educate my clients about what the goals are of EMDR and all that. But at the end of the day, what they want is, am I getting relief? Do I feel better? Mm -hmm. Do I feel better? And to have someone hold that space, they know you're their only client or yeah, they're your only client, you know, to hold that space and for them to say, like you said, I I would like some nuts. Like some of our clients are like, it's okay. I'll just bring my water. No, you deserve more than water. (laughs) And I'll sit and say, can we talk about that? Yeah. Can we talk about that process of not being too much and how that's been a survival skill for you? Mm-hmm. And so this is part of the work, isn't it? That this is part of that relationship stuff that we want to practice. And, and so I'm going to ask you again, what do you, what do you like to eat? What would you snack on? What would you get for yourself? Mm-hmm. Yep. And yes, the art of the ask to help them learn how to do that and to acknowledge their own needs and with a safe person. Yes. And and I can just tell, I mean, you, you're just so relational and warm and just um, present. And I imagine that your clients feel that when they're with you. Um, and I think you actually have other colleagues that are working with you as well. Is that correct? Yes. So I have two younger therapists that I'm mentoring in my practice, but the other component that I am enjoying is that intensives have allowed me to do adjunct work with other therapists in the field. And, you know, some people have issues with that. I I get it. They're like, you know, how do you do that? Um, those therapists refer to me, I collaborate with them. We get releases. We talk about what's been working, what hasn't been working, the resourcing that they've done, the beautiful work they've done. And it's an opportunity to educate our colleagues about why EMDR is different. And before I was EMDR trained, I was the same thing. Oh, this is just a a tool in your toolbox. Mm -hmm. And the secret is that sometimes when we do the EMDR work, sometimes they don't need as much therapy later because we've gotten at the heart of the the issue, Mm -hmm. right? And so I have one, a a client right now, um, she's with a beautifully uh, trained clinician, uh, does a lot of meditative work, body work, a psychologist, she just does beautiful work with her. So she was very well resourced in so many ways, Awesome. but she wanted to believe that the heart of her pain is her medical issues. And she's been chasing that rabbit for five years. Yeah. And so after the first intensive, we found the heart of what is causing this pain. You know, we found that touchstone moment and she couldn't believe it. Mm. And, you know, that makes it so worth it when you just have the opportunity to partner in that and witness that, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, and I really think that traditional therapy wasn't enough because she be, her manager is so strong yeah, and very capable mm-hmm. and the access to this wound was so well guarded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that that's what got it. Those moments as an EMDR clinician are so satisfying, aren't they? When somebody comes in and they're either working with a primary talk therapist or they have done a, like, you know, people will call and say, been 20 years of therapy <laughs> and I'm still X, Y, Z. There's something so satisfying about helping someone find that place and have it really shift for them. And what I've been hearing from my colleagues who are talk therapists, when I work with them in an adjunct role, we're giving relief to the talk therapists. 
right? I mean, us EMDR therapists during a pandemic are like, hey, we can work intensively. We can, you know, some meet our client, we can work in parallel. I can take them for like, you know, six to eight sessions, send them back, but they're going to come back different, right? They're going to come back needing less because the goal of therapy is not to be in therapy forever. Yes. It's not the goal of therapy. <laughs> and these poor talk therapists, just like all of us, you know, are struggling in, in COVID to be able to provide services. And I just think about them collaborating with an EMDR clinician, being able to graduate people and help more people, right? It's kind of like a win for everybody. Yes, because they're trying, right? And they feel just as stuck. I mean, we all have compassion for our clients and to help them feel more effective and to partner in that with them. It is, it's been, it's been great. Uh, and they know their clients so well and so beautifully. They want to see them successful. A hundred percent. Yep. A hundred percent. Wow. Well, is there anything else that you want to share just in terms of, um, you know, maybe how people can find you? We'll obviously put your website here at the end. People can contact you. Um, anything you want to share with um, the clients out there or any other EMDR clinicians who are maybe thinking about moving to this model, would love to hear any words of wisdom you have for them. Yeah, I think the other thing that I loved about the training that you did is the, the autonomy you have to make it your own. Mm -hmm. So thinking about like the full week long model felt overwhelming to me. So for those therapists that maybe are, I, I just am not ready to take the leap with getting off insurance. Just play with the idea of doing a 90 minute session and do an add on code. Yeah. Just sit and how beautiful that extra 30 minutes can be for your clients, for you, right? Just mix up your schedule. I started with a half day and I was, you know, I'm kind of like that. Okay. Canberra says do 90 and then this many and this. And, and I did. And then I started feeling how that felt to me. Good. You know, what does this feel like? What's, and you talked about that. What's your energy like? And I've got, I've got more energy in that first intake. Yeah. And in that moment, I like to begin that resourcing process. I like to do my intake and already build some resources in the very first session. Because, you know, I do the multimodal life inventory as part of my intake process. It's a bear. It's 15 pages. I warn them. It's comprehensive. It sounds great. It's comprehensive. You know, but, and I tell them if it's too much, I always honor my clients. Put it down. That's right. We will always pace to your pace. But what it does is gives me that start. So I'm already looking at where do they see their strengths? Part of that assessment is, where do they, where do they find relief? Where do they find, you know, joy, all of these things. So I'm already going in going, I'm going to do my intake and I want them to leave with a couple of resources. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because we can kind of do phase one and phase two at the same time in a way, right. They're, they're related. That's right. So if they say something that they're proud of, or that makes them feel confident as a woman, I, I put it in there right away. And what I'm doing in that educational process too is showing them the equipment, right? And that's not so scary on the day that they're going to come in and start processing. They've, they've already experienced some of that. I mean, I feel like sometimes, you know, we've got the headphones and if you do that and the tappers and the light bar it's like patting your head and rubbing your belly and thinking of the image and what's the thought and you know so I like to like you know smooth that in but I started with a half day okay so you know I did the intake I started with an a half day and then did the follow-up with that and I started with my current clients beautiful okay so I sat and looked at my caseload and I looked at who's stuck, who's frustrated, who might, who might be having trouble scheduling, who's having to cancel a lot because work is interfering, yes. like really sit down 
and start with my own caseload. Mm -hmm. And then I developed an invitation, a personal video invitation. Oh, I love that. That's so special. It's really setting the tone for the work, isn't it? For each one of my clients of why I felt like not sales pitchy. This Mm -hmm. is not like sales pitchy. This is, I sit with you and I see you and I want to tell you about a new offering, Mm -hmm. a new opportunity. And I do that outside of their session. And I set up a different consultation because I don't want to take up the time that they're paying for to do that. This is a new offering. So I set up a 15 minute call with them. If you want to do this, it's not going to cost you your time and money to explore this with me. Awesome. Yep. And I love how you're framing it as an invitation and an offering. I, lo- I think that language is so important because I think a lot of therapists feel um, hesitant to be salesy or pushy. And what I say in response to that is, how dare you not offer this to people in a pandemic? Like this is the time you have to be assertive and you have to be clear about what this can do for people because when else are they going to need this? This is the time, <laughs> right? So it's almost our responsibility, I feel like. Have medical professionals who are watching people die and they got to go back to work every day, but they've got a couple of days off mm-hmm. and I can get that image out of their head. Yep. It's powerful. Then I'm going to go get it. Yes. And if that, if I can do that and offer them an afternoon to do that, mm-hmm. I'm going to help them show up. They're doing it. They're doing the hard stuff. And I feel like our supportive job is to be creative. I mean, that's one of the things about COVID is we're all more comfortable with telehealth. You know, I mean, you know, when I first thought, oh my gosh, I've got to do EMDR and telehealth. Well, me and my colleague, we got together and we're just like, what do you see? How does this look? How about these? Let's try a bunch of different ways. We've got to show up. Yeah, they need us. We had to do a lot of figuring out last spring, right? And I think what's one of the blessings out of all this trauma with COVID, I think, has been that we have allowed ourselves to ask these really important questions, right? Of how can I show up in a way that serves people and 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 serves me too, right? Because I'm also in a pandemic. <laughs> I'm also going through it, right? And I and I really um I love our EMGR community so much. I'm I'm so I'm so proud of what we've been able to do through this with with telehealth and being creative about services. So so my hope is that you know anyone who's listening to this or watching this is going to understand you know first of all that Bonnie is in Knoxville and she can help people in Tennessee with this right with intensive work and she's lovely and I hope that any EMGR clinicians who are listening will let this soak in and really feel brave to ask that question for themselves. And maybe it's intensives, maybe it's something else, but I think just the fact that we have that permission to ask that question, just like our clients are doing, um, I think it's going to change our community forever. It is great. It, It allows us to be in that creative space for our clients, for each other. Yes. You know, I, as part of this process, when there's been a little bit of pushback, like you're doing what, you know, I've told people, listen, you know, I'm kind of that way. I'm just all in when I make up my mind. Um, There's good and bad with that, I'm sure. But I've told other clinicians, look at your insurance panels, which ones are paying you the, the least amount. And if you're not ready to get off, send them a letter and ask for a raise. I didn't even know you could do that. Right. And, and somebody's like, you can ask for a raise. So start there, just using your voice, going after your worth and value. That's what we teach our clients to do. And we need to, we need to have that for ourselves as well and be comfortable being a helper Mm -hmm. and asking for our worth and value financially. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't, you know, from a DBT standpoint, it doesn't have to be one or another. We can hold them both. <laughs> we can be financially successful 
and a good helper. And the financial freedom of having some different offerings has allowed me to do pro bono work, has allowed me to take on people that, that really can't do it. So it's not like I sit back and say, well, now I'm too big for my britches and this is my fee and I'm never going to help anyone else. It really allows a beautiful balance and allows me to show up for that person in a different way rather than, mm-hmm. right? Yep. I'm so tired. So I, I love it. And you can go off some of the panels. You can try and do other things that are different. And I think it's just, what would happen if you got curious about the question, if you want to show up differently, if you could do what you wanted to do, what would that look like? And then reverse engineer it, right? We do that with clients. Like, what, how do you want to feel about yourself when we're done with this, right? We ask them that beautiful question and why can't we ask that for ourselves? What do you want to believe about yourself instead? How do you want to show up differently? When you imagine yourself a year from now, three years from now, five years from now as a professional self, what do you want to envision? And how do we reverse engineer when we sit in that beautiful feeling to begin making that a reality for ourselves? And we're beautiful at doing that for our clients. And what's so great is that we have that ability already and we give it away every day. Right. And the, and the fact that we can just flip it around and give it to ourselves to your point is, is one of the most powerful things we can do. I think right now to kind of sustain us, (laughs) right. For however much longer, uh, this is going to be, um, I could talk to you for hours. I would have to say, I think you're just so lovely. Um, and obviously, you know, very competent, skilled relational clinician, how can folks find you if they want to find you? Is it, is there a website they can Google you? So my practice is creeksidecounseling-wellness.com. And you can find me there. And on the website are links to my Facebook page, to my Instagram. And I've started doing because of the pandemic some Facebook lives on every Tuesday afternoon, doing different topics, just 10 to 20 minutes for my clients to have other things, other resources to them about boundaries, about marriage, um, just all different kinds of things. This uh, month, because it's Halloween, I did facing fears and looking at the uncertainty and other fears that we're doing. And so what I've done is I, this is a new thing for me. I'm not as fancy as you, but I, you, you start somewhere, right? You just have to make the movement. So I took all my Facebook lives and put them on a YouTube channel just yesterday and thought, I want to have a place that my clients can find things. Other people can find things. Yes. Thank because you for that. Different voice. And we hear things beautifully. I can hear the same thing by three different people and take something beautiful away from that. Thank you so much for not only what you're doing for your clients, Um, but thank you for putting your voice out there. Right. I mean, I just started making YouTube videos when the, when COVID hit and I, I think I recorded my second video on mute. Like I just didn't know how to do anything with YouTube when we're still low budget here, right. With, with filming and everything, but I love and love, love and encourage anyone in our community to put their voices out there because we are all trained in EMDR. And yet the way that we um, understand it and experience it and communicate it has a different flavor to it. So I, I love that, that your voice is available for people to hear who might not be able to come, you know, work with you in Tennessee, but can in, enjoy what you have to offer online. That's so cool. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad that we got to talk sort of in person, right. To just, I love the time we had together. We could, we could talk for hours. It's just, you can tell how passionate you are, not only about the work you do with clients, but how passionate you are about other colleagues, women, really helping people step into the life that they want in the roles that they want to assume, whether it's mother, father, you know, all the things, whatever you want. And I think that voice is just, 
it's been exciting for me. It challenged me and excited me to think differently. And I hope people watch. There's different ways to do it. And I think you give such permission to explore that. You know, when you're, you know, if you, you can take your course or you can take your course, <laughs> like really sit and just listen to the video or you can really answer your questions. Mm -hmm. And if you answer the questions you ask, it grounds you in your values. It grounds you in your vision. And then you get to create what works for you. And if you start something, you can change it. No one's dictating that model. And I thank you so much for that. It's, it's just been great. I hope thank you for your kind words. I'm so glad it was helpful to you. Um, and just thank you for hanging out with me. I would love to hear updates from you. I will give them, I will send you emails. I love it. Awesome. Thanks so much. I want to again, thank Bonnie Barclay certified EMDR clinician and owner of Creekside uh, Counseling and Wellness in Knoxville, Tennessee. Bonnie, thanks for hanging out with me. <laughs> I could have talked to her for hours. Um, and all of you who are listening, whether you are thinking about getting EMDR as a client, whether you are an EMDR clinician and as a business owner, I hope you felt inspired today. I hope you felt like there are people out there thinking about EMDR, thinking about how to help other people, thinking about how to take care of and sustain EMDR clinicians who, like I've said a million times, y'all really have just done an incredible job through this pandemic. I'm so proud of our community. Uh, I'm just feeling really in service to our community. So I hope these spotlight podcasts are helpful, inspiring you, comforting you uh, as we work our way into our um, second year mark of COVID coming up very soon. So um, we will have Bonnie's contact info uh, below uh, and you can also check out her website link after this video. And like I've said a million times, I'll say it again. Y'all stay safe, stay healthy, and I am rooting for your success. Take care.